when Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Maybe we'll have a good surprise for you. Welcome back to the Different Knock podcast, episode number 23, with Alexander Moneypenny and my very good friend, Bradley Adams. We are back, yes. Yeah, we, we are. a nice little break uh, on Wednesday. International break. We had our own international break. Brad had a little bit quad niggle. Um, <laughs> and uh, I was just sick and tired of Arsenal shit. You've just reminded me of... Um... On. Again, to start the the riffing now, I, I retweeted this um this kind of interview with Henri and um and Wenger, and it's Henri asking Wenger a few questions like who he thinks his most substituted player was, who he thinks his most used player was, and right. it just like it I was it just made me think like how far have we fallen? Yeah, like. <laughs> How much further? Like, we, I mean, we got pretty bad under. I, I, I as Arsene Wenger, one of Arsene Wenger's biggest fans, I will admit, we got pretty bad by the end of it when it came to having a plan B or any defensive structure in a lot of places. But like, we've just got worse. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of Wenger ball or bust with at the end of Wenger's era. Um, how are you, by the way, Brad? <laughs> just want to just check in with that before we get into the football. All good? Yeah, no, yeah. no, no. I'm I'm good. I'm good. Uh, any ultimate team players out there? I'm fuming because I just uh, packed Sadio Mane, but in a f- in a untradeable free pack, so I can't sell the bastard. Oh, fuming. no, mate. You don't play on my team, so you don't know, do you? <laughs> <laughs> um, out you on the pod. <laughs> yeah, and I'm fine, thanks, Brad. Thanks for asking. Fucking that hell. was my next question, Alex. Calm Fucking down. Fucking hell. Jesus. Bloody hell. How are you? What have you been up to? Because we haven't really spoken this week. We actually haven't. Um, uh, what have I been doing? Uh, not a lot, to be you honest. You can release your news on here if you like. Or... Oh, no. But, but uh, just, I'm, I'm doing some uh, some some voiceover work and it's, it's starting to pick up, which is nice. Yeah, um, congratulations, man. Thanks, mate. And uh, yeah, no, just, just ticking along, as they say in the biz. Tickety-boo. You know, the biz, where they say. They say ticking along. The biz, right? The biz. I feel like there's probably going to be about four people listening to this. I feel like it, yeah. it, it is strange. This Twitter is feels Twitter feels dead. And I don't know. But it's difficult. Obviously, we don't have like the, the actual physical spaces to, to gauge how um, involved people are in, in, in football at the moment. But it does feel a bit like everyone's just kind of taking a back seat. So if you are listening to this, fucking respect that. Respect that yeah, man. big Th- time. Thank you. for su- f- Thanks for the support. Like... It means they must love you, Brad, and they must love your subtle, subtle they tones. Must, just, they must love me. Gorgeous tones. Also, if you are listening, okay, okay. If you're listening to this, we'll give you a little little preview. We're getting a new logo, Ooh. and it's going to be like a cartoon. But at the moment, I'm going back and forth forth with the guy who's doing it, and uh, I look a little bit like I should be on some sort of register. You look quite good, actually, Brad. Do I? He's he's managed to get your beard down to a, a fine art. That's good. Um, that's good. But I I look a little bit like sort of an umpalumpa crossed with, <laughs> yeah, like maybe yours and Brendan Rogers' love child or something. It's a uh, <laughs> it's a uh, it's not a good look. But you asked me a question, Brad. You well, well not really a question. We were talking about Arsene Wenger. I did see that. I saw that video. Um, yeah, it, before we kind of lay out what we're going to do this episode, because I'd love to do essentially a squad building um, review, and I'd love to look over all of the all of the team, do a real kind of um, rip off of the Arsenal Vision. Po- I mean, uh, state of the state of play kind of thing, um, and just go through the entire squad and just chat, chat squad building, chat some fucking bollocks. So if you're in for that, strap in. Um, Let's fucking go. Yeah, mate. I I. I think we, we things were bad at the end of the Wenger era, and I think it's also it's also sometimes I don't, easy to. I, I don't know. I don't. The thing is, as I think, I think that us as privileged Arsenal fa- fans thought they were bad, but he only finished out of the top four in his last two seasons, and he still won three FA Cups. And as much as I, I love what Arteta is doing. I love that. Well, I don't love the tactics at the moment, but I love that there seems to be at least a slight change in mentality in, in the way that we're trying to 
fight for things more. I am starting to get pissed off at the Arteta Brigade kind of parading his FA Cup as, you know, well, look, he's winning. Like, Wenger won three of those in, in four years. Like, if it wasn't enough for you then, don't lower your standards now. Yeah, I, I do get that. But I also think we we should remember how bad, oh, well, maybe more how toxic things got. Certainly off the pitch and in the Yeah, in toxic's the, stadium. the right word. Toxic is definitely uh, the yeah, right word. Toxic. I'm stepping up. I'm stepping under. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think we should we shouldn't forget that, and no, we, we also like we, and also at the end of the Emery era, I, I think there's more of a wider question here, which I'm interested in in kind of delving into of like the Wenger, where Arsenal were before Wenger, and where they are during and how that shifts and moves around and where we are post Wenger. I think it's fair to say Arsene Wenger is, you know, one of the most, if not the most influential figure in certainly Arsenal modern history, you know, potentially the most in history, you know, George Graham's and further back and further back. But certainly in terms of what we know, he is the most... He's up there. He's He's the most influential. Even if we're talking about kind of the entire history of Arsenal, he's up there. You know, the man lived, breathed, bled for our club for 22 years. So, yeah. And I, I just think we're the third highest, I think, third highest trophy. We have the third highest trophy hall in the country in our history. I think it's Man United and Liverpool who are ahead yeah. of us. Yeah, Man United, Liverpool, then us. And you look at that and I think that a lot of those trophies came during the Wenger era. But equally we're not a small club and we're not a Wenger club. Like it's not as if one man, you know, we were, we were big before Wenger and we, and had won things and, you know, you look back and you can go back to the, the Tony Adams, the Lee Dixons, the Ian Wrights, the, you know, the, the, the go back to that era, go before there, you know, you know, yeah, we were winning like we... Rocky and all the, all those players, you know, I, I'm, I'm not massively familiar with the, with the, with the, with the, um, with the history of that, but, we have to think about what we are as a club and we are a big club and we just th- don't act like it sometimes true and i think it's that's it's expectations because we're we are acting like a like a bit of a small club at the moment we are mm-hmm. acting um we don't have the financial clout that the third biggest grossing if you think about how much money is in the premier league we don't have the financial clout of the third uh, highest trophy hauling club we don't and have the we, squad the thing is, certainly is, don't that's have that's also not entirely true because we take more revenue in a match day than I think any other club in the league. What I mean is in terms of available funding, like in terms of I, I, I we can get into yeah, the. I mean, we've got a, we've got a billionaire owner. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. He's not he's not going to give us any of the money. So no, I like, know. But I, that's why I think it's important not to call it available. Like, as in, like there is a shitload of money available. We're just I, not being I, given it. We're just not being given it. Yeah. But I think I think <laughs> my point my point is really that. We ha- before I think it's actually a really good conversation to be had before we look at the squad and look at a kind of state of play kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of this episode, I'd love to get like a rating from you of like a how you think the season's going so far. Sort of a a star. They've changed the the grading system. Did you know that? No. What for GCSEs? They get like one to nine now. What? Since when? Fuming. Bring back the old days. The old days. Bring back the proper British grades. A, B, C, D, all that kind of stuff. We invented lettering. Um, <laughs> then we stole it. Maybe we didn't invent it. Um, but the... Yeah, I, I think it's important to... And I don't have an answer. But to question how big we are and, and, and understand mm. we take our entire context. Arsenal Football Club didn't start when we moved to the Emirates Stadium. Like, we are... Of gigantic, gigantic club. We moved and to I, the Emirates Stadium, and I quote, to compete with people like Bayern Munich. Yeah. You know? And, it, and, and I think this is the thing. This was the summer to have almost have like <laughs> big club energy instead of big dick energy. Like literally to go out there and to sign five or six players and then just fuck some players off. You know, this was the, cl- this was the time to do it. It's it's it sounds quite ruthless to say, but with this with coronavirus currently, and with everything going on, and with kind of clubs' financial futures in turmoil in other countries, especially, this was the time to pillage clubs, to go to clubs and be like, 
I'll give you ten million pounds for this guy who you do got twenty five million pounds for last summer. Well, there's a to, just to quickly add into that point. There's a Spanish club that went like was selling players off for really cheap. One of those like Valencia, Valencia. Villarreal, yeah, Valencia, Valencia, yeah. because Francis Coquelin went to Villarreal, and you think Valencia they they put their entire club up for sale, except for Jose Gaia, who was their club captain, and they sold. Uh, or who is now their club captain. Their club captain was Danny Parejo, who again was moved on for, for nothing. He moved for free. Um, and you look at, this was the time to to really, really take advantage of clubs and to invest a little more than usual, but you'll get more for your money. It was almost, it was, I mean, I think we've discussed it before. It was almost like a reset to pre-name our market eras where you would be able to get certain players for a lot cheaper. And we didn't do it, uh, you know? And I think that like, it could, it's going to be for a few reasons. It's going to be because Cronkies didn't give us the money. Uh, it will be because we already have a ridiculously bloated squad that we couldn't, you know, if we think about the members of the squad that we could shift out over the summer, the only one that had any interest, if, if we were just sacking players off for free just to open up the squad, kind of room there's only two kind of places that would have opened up and that would have been probably Socrates and Mustafi and you think if we'd have got rid of those two we would have needed at least another center back in for cover and then we're already over the numbers anyway so it's kind of a catch-22 and it's it's all well and good us saying this and saying this was but it, it kind of was this was the perfect summer to go to a Norwich to go to um to go to an Atalanta to go to a, a Brescia who ended up having to so Brescia's um so you know Sandro Tonali the AC Milan player uh Brescia, Brescia's probably he's Brescia's probably like most saleable as- asset he's probably wo- he's worth, very Brescia's he's very Brescia's to them um <laughs> he's probably worth the most money and they've loaned him with an option to buy so mm. This was the time to go to Brescia. as well, wasn't he? He was like yeah. 15, 20 minutes. Or yeah. And this this was the time to go to them and to say, we'll give you 10 million euros now. Or to some of these other clubs. And we just didn't do it. We didn't take advantage of the financial situation. And, and clubs will start to get back on their feet. And it was a big, big opportunity for us to do that. And I know it sounds bad, but you know, maybe next summer, it seems to be that we might still be in the same place financially. Because clubs, mm. you know it's not looking like we're going to be getting into stadiums until kind of January, February, March. Maybe. If, uh, may, if I, that, I reckon it'll, I reckon I, it'll I be next season. It, I reckon it'll be next I, season. So do I. I think, it, I think it'll be the beginning of the 2021, 2022 season. Yeah, 100%. Because they're just not, like we're already, we've, we've I don't know about where, wherever our listen, listeners are, but we're into a second lockdown in England, you know, uh, and we'd only just started to kind of pioneering small venues so you think a 60,000 seater stadium the most people that you would put in that is about 5,000 people because of the social distancing in rules the UK, yeah. in the UK especially because they're going to be quite stringent on that so it's probably going to be next season so maybe next summer you know because we we're, we all know that Socrates is on his way out Mustafi's on his way out Ozil's on his way out hopefully we'll get rid of some more of the deadwood Lacazette will hopefully go and hopefully it'll free up that those kind of like squad wages and squad like slots so that next season maybe we can take advantage a bit more and and go to Leon who Leon were in a very precarious situation mm. financially and they needed to get rid of somebody and it turned out that that somebody was Jeff René Adelaide to Nice but that's why it looked like the Alwar deal was coming to a head because they didn't have any money and also they needed to meet financial fair play but in this coronavirus market they were you know, being offered a lot less for what they had. Before we get into a more kind of squad building conversation then, because that's I'd love that to take up essentially most of the episode. Mm. Um yeah, let's do it. There's yeah, I, I just I just think just just to kind of round that off, there there is a there is a conversation to be had amongst Arsenal fans and there is a a something that I'd love to see permeate the consciousness of the fan base of going it's a bit of a reckoning with ourselves. Who are we as a club? Are we a big club? Are we a? Are we a? I don't think we've ever been a Real Madrid, Barcelona. No, but we have competed with United, with Juventus, with Paris Saint Germain. You know, like the the size of those clubs 
does feel achievable and you know in it's in, in such an incredible stadium in a, such an incredible part of london all of those things i just think sometimes it feels to me slowly like we're forgetting what a fucking huge club we are and we're mm-hmm. praising you know we're begging some youth academy player not to leave yeah and it's like and and, and that small club mentality and 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 I'm not blaming the fans. I think that's the club's fault for for letting this slip, and, you know, and and also not the club. You know, I hate when people do that thing. It's this. It's this whole institution's fault. Okay, who do you mean? Because there's a person in mm-hmm. this. We can blame people. We, not we can blame people. As in, there is there blame is blame to be laid um, at people's an door. Adjudicate, an adjudicate, yeah, an adjudication of um, responsibility of who who can take some of that. It's some of it's Stan Kroenke, some of it's Ivan Gazidis, some of it's Arsene Wenger, some of it, you know, mm-hmm. we can look around these 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 places and hope for the future, but we also need to have a bit of a reckoning. I I feel as a fan base of what we are as a club and not just accepting this small mentality and going actually we as a fan base. Real Madrid booed Cristiano Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. I'm not suggesting that we we become that, and I'm not suggesting that the fan base will ever be like that because I don't think we are. But I think sometimes people people have too much patience. And and it's like we're not this small fry club. No. And we're not and we're complete competing with Leicester. Leicester let's let's not forget only won the league, well as in only won the league, came up nearly got relegated the season before they won the league. Mm-hmm. 5 years ago. So how have we not progressed further beyond them? And we're still getting whacked by them the, you know, the, the other week. That's an individual example. But what I'm saying is it's all of these little metrics by which you can judge a football club. Mm-hmm. We're just, we feel like we're slowly turning the dial down. And I hope and I pray that what feels like happening is happening at the club at the moment will manifest in a bit more of a big club, big dick energy. Yeah, that kind of thing. Because, you, yeah, it's like you say, also, Leicester won the league because, with all due respect to Leicester, it was an amazing achievement. But Leicester won the league because 80% of the league was in a transition year. Man City were, Liverpool were, United are still in that transition, Chelsea are, you know. And it was that, that was the opportunity for an Arsenal or a Tottenham to steal a league title you know, from a place of not deserving one. But was it that summer that we went out and signed Petr Cech? Yeah, and it's indicative of a small club mentality. Yeah. That summer, we went out and signed Petr Cech and then Elneny in January. And you think, okay, Lacazette hasn't been great for us. But you're talking about having Lacazette in front of a prime Ozil. Maybe you don't have that something like 16-game gold drought. Hmm. Because that was the season that Ozil got to 16 assists by something like December. We should have put El Nani up front. And, you know, you're looking at... Nope. If we'd okay. have just made that move 12 months earlier... No, no, no. We'll, we'll skip past that. We'll talk about that later. The El Nenaissance continues. Um, if we'd have just made that move 12 months earlier... And obviously it's, you know, it's all hindsight. We're all we're all brilliant at that. Be like, well, maybe if we'd done mm-hmm. this. But it's a genuine question that, like... What if we had just made that, like maybe just made one big move earlier? It didn't have, even have to be Lacazette. It could have been somebody on the right wing, mm. or it could have been a different striker. A Pepe type maybe signing in that era, yeah. Yeah, you think what if we'd a made statement. a signing in that summer and gone and looked, and it's the same as this year. Anyone could see, you know, this year that. The, the the transition starts, you know, City are going to have to start, tra- they've just lost David Silva, they're losing Fernandinho, they're going to lose Aguero, so they're going into transition and they're also coming off a bad season for them. Liverpool performed at such exceptional heights, but they are statistically starting to slow down. I mean, and then you look at, at the moment. yeah, and you look at all the injuries they've had. This again feels like a, a summer like that kind of going into the 2015-16 season where like, it's open. It is open. And if one club had, we didn't need a Chelsea. We didn't need to make 300 million pounds worth of signings. But if we'd have just gotten an extra one or two people through the door, an extra midfielder, and then like an extra, I don't know, just an extra body, something, somebody that offers us something different. Mm. 
we might be in a much much better situation than we are now but you know we're but it's, not but it's also like and i and i and i just i want to jump into the squad building but yeah there's like a obviously the the, the kind of the elephant in the room is the financial component right like we we for whatever reason don't have the available funds mm-hmm. whether, whether it's they're not being given to us whether you know stan Kroenke is clearly whatever. rich enough whatever the reason is we're not spending it whatever the reason is yeah but ultimately we spent 72 million pounds on nicolas pepe last summer we spent 45 million pounds on thomas party we spent 22 million pounds on gabriel and i'm not all of the i know i know and i can feel people going yeah but it's not in-. but we are investing it's about where we invest as a big, big club. Big clubs don't make mistakes like Pepe. Actually, that's a lie. But they can afford to. Of course. <laughs> but I'm saying until we until we get there, until we get there, we can't make Until mistakes. we can afford to make those mistakes, we can't. No, no, I understand what you're saying. But also, from my kind of perspective, we can we everyone talks about the Nicolas Pepe signing like we like we're accountants FC, mate. Like, we didn't pay £72 million up front for Nicolas Pepe. We paid something like €13 million. Euros. Yeah. No, but do you know what I mean? Like, we paid €13 million euros up front. That's not a big fee. Obviously, it's it, it accrues over time. But still, we're not going out and spending £72 million. I think everyone thinks of Nicolas Pepe. Nicolas Pepe so far has cost us €26 million. Euros. Like, that's not a lot of money. If we sell him now for 50 million euros, we've spent 20 million euros on him. You know, we've lost 20 million euros in a, in essence. It's not at the moment that big of a finance, like, it's not, and he could still come good. We're talking about a player that hasn't but been given four on, consecutive starts. Wouldn't, wouldn't we have to send, I'm so bad at maths. Wouldn't we have to send... 15, yeah, no, no, no. So what I'm saying them is... the rest is, of the money. Yeah, we would. We would send them the rest of the money and it would have basically have cost us and lost us £20 million. Yeah, but that's what yeah. I mean. We still have to pay £72 million. No, 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 of course. But what I'm saying is is we're not paying... seven. As in like, we bought him for £72 the million. Yeah. We've sold him for £50 million. He's cost us £22 million. You see that... Brad, I would have got a... Is there like a one in GCSE grades now? I probably. I probably would have got that. Um... So, like, he's not cost us so far a lot of money. Yes, over the time he will be, but again, he needs to start matches, and that's another conversation for today. But I know what you mean. It's 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 not yet cost us that amount of money. We're not. We're not like Thomas Party is is our probably our record signing for slapping money down on a player. Like, we had to pay forty five million pounds for him. We paid forty five million pounds on the dot for him. Like at the moment, like, and and you think like. That's not a lot of money. Mm. City paid that for Furlong Mendy. Also like And that, then have bought six other left backs. And for, do you mean Benjamin? Oh yeah, Benjamin Mendy. They're they're not brothers. I didn't know that. Ah. Um but yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. There's encouraging signs, but I just overall I'm feeling I like to strong sort the fuck out. And if you've got that reference, you're a legend. Okay. We are Squad builders. Squad builders, Bradley. We come in on our first day at Arsenal Football Club. We're wearing nice suits. I I, I picked you wearing brogues. Thank you. I would probably go for some brogues. I'd probably go Oxfords, but I respect your decision. Um, I'm, I feel like I'm wet. Let's move off that. That's not important. We're, <laughs> we're looking at our squad. <laughs> I'm sat on the chair. I've got a coffee. <laughs> We are Edu and Vinay, and we are sorting out our squad and we're going, right, what do we need? What are we doing? Where are we? I've gone on, um, I believe it's called arsenal.com, the official club website, and I'm looking at our teams. I'm hovering on the teams tab. Let's start. Teams tab. With forwards. Oh, you thought he was going for goalkeepers. Oh, but no, no. Uh, our forwards are number nine, Alexandre Lacazette. Number 12, Willian. Number 14, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Number 19, Nicolas Pepe. I'll stop saying numbers. Reese Nelson, Eddie Nketiah, and Gabriel Martinelli. Okay. Uh, give me... Give me... Uh, well, my initial thoughts on that are a big fat yikes. 
We have a player who is badly out of form, the wrong side of the age curve in Lacazette. We have a player badly out of form and disappearing over the hill fast in 407-year-old Willian. We have our club captain on a three-year really expensive deal who hasn't scored in open play in a while. Ten hours. We have... Something ridiculous. We have, uh, and I, I'm fine on about me. By the way, I'm calm. I think he'll he'll come he'll come yeah. back. But I'm. It's where we are right mm-hmm. now. With Pepe, we all know the debate around that. I'm confident around Nelson mm-hmm. and Martinelli. Um, we're sort of in, in 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 sort of order of confidence. Martinelli certainly top. Nelson second, and then probably Inkatia third. But at least I, I I hope the mismanagement of that we can get a good fee for Inkatia, even if he doesn't become the striker we need him to. Um, and he's a good option off the bench. Yeah, and he's, his know. future's at Crystal Palace or like Brighton yeah. or... Yeah, like he'll be a, you know, 15 goal a season at, at Palace striker and, and that's... Or hopefully he can surprise us. I think that's his base level, do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So hopefully he... he that's can, the least yeah. you should expect yeah. from Enketia. So, and hopefully if we don't mismanage that, then that's fine. And same with Nelson, same with Martinelli. And I, hope that, I think Martinelli's going right to the fucking top. But in terms of our senior players, that's a concern for me. And it's also, we have Saka, who's sort of put in our midfield, and I think he'll eventually be in our centre of our midfield. I think he's a he's a fantastic technical option in there. I don't see his future out on the left wing. It's also quite, I mean, it's quite balanced, but there's just a lack of quality. And I, don't know. I think... It's difficult. I just think that... There's, I think there's two, if uh, it's difficult, if it depends how we're going to do this, like if we're going to do the kind of buy, sell, as in, do we need to buy a player in this position? Do we need to sell a player that we currently have in this position? Or do we need to keep the players we've got? I think for this, to sort Arsenal front line, if we're doing like a squad building point of view, there's, there's Deadwood that needs shifting out. Uh, that Deadwood is Lacazette and the Deadwood is William. Lacazette, we apparently got a big offer in from Roma and turned it down. I don't understand that. We must be kidding. I don't ourselves. understand that. Because it wasn't like he was in good form coming in to the to the back end of last season. He was rotation, often being benched for Enketia. Mm. He's another year older now and another year off his contract. It makes no sense to keep him if you got decent money offer. If even if it's if we're talking thirty five million euros, it's fucking stupid. Yeah, like even twenty five million off. euros, you'd I'd bite your hand off just for him because he plays what like he's fucking terrible. So I think to sort Arsenal's front line, you need to sell those two players. You need to get rid of Willian. You need to get rid of Lacazette, and then you need to. For me, it's moving Aubameyang centrally. I think that. You know, and while I've seen you, you tweeted a kind of link at me that showed that obviously when he was, when he was on the left, he got most of his productivity in our system. And I think, yeah, fair enough. But if we look at Aubameyang as his, as like a, just a central entity, just as him as a player, his most successful and productive seasons have come through the middle with good creative wingers. We've got good wingers. You know, if you think we've got Saka and Martinelli on one side, and anyone who's shitting on Pepe at the moment as an Arsenal fan, he's got the most goals and assists of anyone at our club currently. So, and then Pepe and Nelson on the right. And if you had a fault, a fault, like a focal point in that centre who could tuck away those chances, we might look better at the moment. I, I think it, it feels quite um, because of where we are currently in the season. It does feel quite sort of. Um, down mm-hmm. but i think this, if we can do if we can do a couple of things if we can get rid of lacazette I, i'm happy to cut our losses on william we didn't yeah we didn't you know pay him much well we didn't pay anything for his fee but obviously we, we paid a lot for the actual um signing of him and i'm assuming he, he probably got a big signing on fee i'm happy to cut our losses on william and if we and if we signed someone like a patson dacker like a Dembele, like a uh, Osman. Which Dembele, Musa or Karamaka? Uh, Musa. Okay. Someone like that through the center. 
through the centre who can challenge Aubameyang, who can potentially play in a two. I know it's a very fashionable opinion at the moment because one person said it and it's gone viral, classic Arsenal. Um, but potentially playing, you know, playing around with it in a two. I think if we can get those players firing, if, if Arteta can work out his system, mm-hmm. we've got a lot of good options. Say, for example, imagine that attack firing. Saka and Martinelli are another year older on the left at the beginning of next season. Aubameyang hopefully fine and being pushed by a younger, hungry striker and Nelson and Pepe on the right and hopefully Nelson and Pepe are, are, both, are both pushed on as well. No. It's not a bad position to be in um, if, if, if we're playing a front three and we've also got options as a two and, and, and whatever. So I don't think it's bad. I, I, I think the question is, well, I I think William will stay. As in terms of what I would do, I'd sell him. But I think he'll stay. I think Arteta has kind of hung his hat on William a little bit. Um, little. I know he yeah. he really wanted that William deal to go through, and I think he's um, he said something in the press about how he impressed how impressed he is with um, uh, with William's um, improvement. I was thinking about a pun there about impressive and press, and then I got lost. Um, so uh, yes, his, his improvement. I think I think Arteta's kind of hanging his hat on on William a little bit. I do think Lacazette will go next summer, and I think the fact that he's not been offered well, a new only, contract. Yeah. If if he wasn't, he would have signed a new deal by now. But the thing the thing is though with Lacazette is like this could be a little bit naive of me, but are we not depreciating the asset even further? Because he'll be he'll have a year left on his contract at the end of next summer. At the end of yeah end of twenty twenty uh, twenty two twenty. Fucking hell. 2020-2021. There we go. Um, by the end of then, he will have a year left. And even if a 15, 20 million bid came in for him, I think I'd take that. Yeah, I'd take 20 million pound for Lacazette right now. He, yeah, of course you would. You know, he's fucking, he's not, he's unfortunately just not the player he once was. He's, uh, I just don't know if he has the legs anymore. It just isn't. It isn't working out. It hasn't worked out. It's time to move on. It's time to go. I just think that as a, as as a club, we too often have this mentality of, "Oh, it'll come good. It'll sort itself out," and it never does. Again, small club mentality, and this is what I'd love to see us do moving forward. Lacazette is not working. Whatever you say, whatever, however many times you go, laka, laka, laka on the side, it doesn't matter. It's not working. That guy, his legs have gone. He needs to go to a slower league. He needs to pick his confidence back up again. And he needs, he just needs to go. And and hopefully we get something done in January. I mean, I'd love a, um, we'll come on to a, a, a creative attacking midfielder or number eight kind of thing. But I'd also love to see uh, someone like a Dembele and Osman, a, a, a Daka to come in and, really push really push those players because I think also like Lacazette he's not great like he knows he's going to start and Ketia isn't going to start like I think he know. I think there's a part of him that knows he's frustrated I, can, I think I can see the frustration but there, there is also a part of me going like we're not going to start on Ketia against City away we're not going to start on Ketia because Lacazette does do a job he just doesn't do it very well that Nketiah can't do. Yeah, but I don't think he... The thing is, is... And... Uh, he doesn't do that job. As in, like, he... As in, they're different... Yes, that No, he does it awfully. They're different... But like, pro- he, they're he, different he, profiles but, of players. I understand that, but... Yeah. Nketiah, in his profile, offers me... Like, for example, if you were to talk about um, Nemanja Vidic, who I think is one of the best centre-halves of all time, and Stan Cup, what he offers... a a team versus Cristiano Ronaldo, what they offer is completely different. They're both phenomenal football players, but if you played Ronaldo at centre-back, he'd look half the player that Vidic is, just like if you played Vidic up front, he'd play half, he'd be a half. And it's the same with Enketia and Lacazette. They are two different players. Yeah. If you asked Enketia yeah. to do what Lacazette does, he wouldn't be good at it. But I genuinely am starting to think he would still just be as good at it as Lacazette is. Because Lacazette's yeah. not good at it. No, Lacazette's not good at anything. I think I said on the last pod with um, with Aaron, read the game. Who's a really nice guy, by the way. Really cool. Legend, guy. absolute legend. Um, I think I said on that last pod that 
I was watching him in that in that Villa game and going, "Come on, convince me that you you you're here to do this job of dropping of you can do a bit of link up play, a bit of hold up, like convince me." And I just watched I watched McGinn floor him, and he was on the floor again. I just thought, "Oh God," that he just yeah, and and I I completely agree. I'd love to see Anketia playing in that position, but what I'm saying is Arteta feels like he's going to persist with Lacazette, and it's that old catch twenty two of like if you drop him and lose his confidence, but he's a confidence-based player, so you have to play him, but he's also losing confidence by being shit. So it's, uh, it's fucking, it's weird. What do but, you do? Do you persist yeah. to the detriment? I think, unfortunately, it's you don't, you do, you, you do what you do, you've done with Pepe. You do not to the detriment of the team. You play him in the Europa League until he hits some vein of form. Until he can, you know, it's ridiculous that Pepe is still only getting chances in the Europa League and the Cups. Because in those Europa League minutes and in those Cup minutes, he is outperforming anything that our front line is currently offering. There is a reason, even though he's doing it against lower level opposition, there's a reason that he's our top player for direct goal contributions this season because he's actually doing things. So he needs to be given a run in the team. Play Willian on the left for fuck's sake. Play Lacazette in the Europa and then Pepe on the right and Alba through the middle. It just needs a shake. I, I can't, I cannot watch another game of William on the right, Alba on the left, Lacquer in the middle. We need, we just need a change. But I think to just to sum up the kind of squad building for the forwards, I'm kind of optimistic if we make the right changes. And I think we will. I think Arteta's new position as a manager um, means he's obviously got more control over potential contract negotiations and stuff. There's not even a peep of Lacazette getting a new deal I don't think he'll be here beyond next summer. Um, no, I think this is it. I think it's it's almost like swan song, even though it's not a swan song because he's fucking shit. It's more like a f- duck song, like a like a squatting duck that can't fly. Can, ducks can fly, can't they? I've ch- I'm chatting absolute waffle. Right. Um, absolute shite. Uh, midfield. <laughs> I can't believe I just claimed on my own podcast that ducks can't fly. Oh, God. Okay. Right, midfielders. So we're fine. We're fine. We're here. We're cool. We're gone. Um, Saka, we kind of covered in the forwards. Um, this is Saka's, where we need a massive overhaul, I think. Saka's a stare boy. He looks like stare. a pap stare. It plays like, like a, a pap stare. Um, he, he's a stare. I love him. Legend. Uh, so I, I'm kind of just ex- excluding him from this conversation. I do think he comes in potentially in a couple of seasons as our in our midfield. He might be too small, depends how he develops. But I'm, yeah, whatever. Midfielders: Sabios, Özil, Ainsley. Is he a midfielder? Yes. Party, El Nene. Yeah. What well, as in? Do we see him as a midfielder? In the does Arteta see him as a midfielder? Maybe not. Sabios, uh, Özil, Ainsley, Party. Uh, our boy, the King of Egypt, Joe Willock, Emile Smith-Rowe, and Granite Xhaka. It's... You go first, mate. This is where we need a big, big... There's a big job to be done here. It feels like party is the first step in a revamp. Yeah. And it's going to take time, but moving on and kind of moving to a different system, getting... It's it's difficult because, you know, I think Granit Xhaka is has done a decent job for the club over the last few years, but he's always one step away from a howler. And he is not good enough, in my personal opinion, in one specific area. As in, like, I don't think there's something about his game that you can pinpoint and go... Granite Xhaka is so good at this that we can play him over other players, even though it will be to the detriment of our team. And I think this is where we need to do a big flush out. This and this in the defense. Look, the forward line is the forward line. And I genuinely, although William isn't currently offering us anything, if we get the right balance, we get Lacazette in and get, say, a Pat Sandaka or a Moussa Dembele or uh like a Huang He Chan from Leipzig or just somebody. Where have you pulled that from? <laughs> uh, just just somebody who can play that second striker role whilst Aubameyang's up there. You know, we could find a way to make that work. 
the one thing that we currently find we currently can't find a way to make work is the midfield and the defense and midfielders i gen- the there's so who are we considering Urzel's going fine good riddance like it's done there's no point chatting about it anymore we've got to move on i'd get rid of Xhaka. A uh, decent servant to the club, but if you offered me 15, 20 million, I'd take it to start the rebuild. I think I'll go for 40 million somewhere. He's not. He won't. He won't. He'll go to, he'll go to like Borussia Mush and Gladbach. Guys, yeah. when he goes to a Chelsea for like 40 million. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You'll, you've got more chance of hitting the lottery, mate. Um, Sabios, if we got the option to buy him on the cheap, say 15 million quid, maybe 20 at the most, it's an option and a squad player. But uh, I also don't think it's a good idea because he will be on hefty wages coming from Madrid. So he's another one that I wouldn't bother. I would rebuild the entire midfield. I, yeah. would, I would literally keep Ainsley and Party and Elneny and then bring in three midfielders next summer. Yeah, um, yeah. In an ideal world, I'd I'd, I'd feel the exact same. I, I think the problem is, is with every player, genuinely, apart from Thomas Party, there's question marks, there's doubts, there's things to be discussed, and you need say, if 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 we if if let's say for example we're taking it as we're gonna have a three man midfield, right? Looks as though that's what Arteta wants. Mm-hmm. Let's just, let's assume that, and let's assume. In most 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 of the time, we need we need say like six central midfield players or or, or five senior, a couple of youth players, or whatever you know. Looking around that at that sort of number numbers, we've got party. I think probably El Neni is good enough as a backup. Yes, he's fine. I think he works hard. I like him. Then we're in the ship. <laughs> then we're and I think also Xhaka is. Fine, but he won't want to play backup. No, and um, it's he's his. It, this isn't a, a criticism. I think his ego is too big to play backup. Um, and fair enough. You know, you're captain of Switzerland. And like, you know, you, you don't have to play backup. But if I if I'm saying who do I want starting in my my, my midfield, I've currently got nine players on the pitch. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's it's concerning. Sabios could come good? Question mark. Meza Özil going. Ainsley, question mark on positions, question mark on where he is, what's going on with him. Elneny, fine, could be backup. Willock, question marks. Smith Rowe, haven't seen it, question marks. Xhaka, question marks. It's it's concerning and 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 it's I think that while with the forwards I have a bit of optimism about where we're headed with that. Mm-hmm. I am concerned if we don't bring in what feels to me like a, a game changing midfield signing in either the either of the next two windows that is i think again a, a signifier of a small club we need it's terrible for us it's terrible we need someone if we had and i'm playing i'm playing fifa career mode here if we had party someone like a camavinga like a young a young player even mm-hmm. it could even be a smith rowe some, someone who is youthful and sprightly but but not smith rowe in that position um, actually, fuck, no, ignore, 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 ignore what I said about Smith Rowe. Someone, Kamavinga, someone, someone who is like can control a midfield, can do the, the things that Xhaka does, but also has a right foot and has isn't brain dead at times and is a bit more technically able. Plus, someone like a Shaboshlai and Awa who can drive forward. I think that's a fantastically balanced midfield. But we only have party of that three. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? And I, I, I'm looking for yep. no, I agree. Party, party who can sit and spray and drive and do all those things, and is a bit of an all action. Someone who's going to control the tempo. Someone who we can rely on to get us out of tight spaces. So Bios has a bit of that, but not everything else. Not physically, anyway. And not enough of it. It's quite good defensively, just not enough of it. There's so many question marks. Ainsley, we could try it, but again, I with all of these, we, we're we're still going. Well, Smith Rowe might come good, and make make if we tried him in the mid. We, we what I what I was thinking about is is this: we have three Rolls Royces in our in our team at the moment, in my opinion, and they are Gabriel, they are Party, and they are Bamiang. If you watch our games, even when we're losing badly, ignore Bamiang because he's a he's not involved. He obviously because he's 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 in a different phase um, 
placed on the pitch. Gabrielle and Party still look like Rolls Royces, even when we're mm-hmm. losing. They look unreal, mate. And I'm not. Again, it's it's indicative of a, of a small club to just go. Well, you know, let's give let's give Smith Rowe a chance. No, Phil Foden is one of the most talented players I've seen at his age, right? And he has had to barely fight get, and fight and yeah, fight. Barely got minutes and barely got minutes. And Guardiola's kept him, kept him, kept him because he's not ready. He's not ready. He's not ready. Not only can we not put this expectation on a Joe Willock, on an Emil Smith Rowe, on a Saka. I think Saka will be fine, but a Smith Rowe. We can't only not put our expectations on those people. They need to fight to get into our team. Yeah. If Smith Rowe came on right now, played okay, you'd have, you know what would happen. Arsenal Twitter would cream themselves. Of course they would. Because he, because he can pick up the ball in a decent position, right? I like Smith Rowe. I, I feel like I'm just going in on Smith Rowe right now. But what I'm saying is like, we need additions in that, in that area. We, we are not strong enough. And if you look around at the other midfields, if you look at Liverpool's midfield or City's midfield, even Chelsea's midfield, yeah, it's so it's they stacked. have it's fucking stacked. It's stacked. You, you look at the Chelsea squad: Kovacic, Mason Mount, Kante, Jorginho. Um, Kovacic is is for me one of the style of players we need. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying: the controlling yeah. kind of player. So to finish my my rant, I just think there's there's a lot of I, I'm I'm hoping Willock and Smith Rowe and Sabios push on because if they don't we could be in some real shit. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with you. It's it's there's nothing like <laughs> I'm looking at like transfer marked and stuff and Yeah, there is there is nothing we need, yeah. We are acting like we need these players to come good. When in reality, we need to be buying players in. We need to be getting rid of Jacker. We need to be getting rid of probably Sabios. We need to be getting rid of Özil, and we need to be bringing in three midfielders minimum. Minimum. We need to be getting in, and not all to play straight away, and not all to be. No, no, no. We probably need two to play straight away. I think. If we're going to play a three-man midfield, the only current Arsenal player that we have that I think starts is Party. Okay. Uh, defenders. We have... 42 of them. Hector Baron, Kieran Tierney, William Saliba, Socrates, Gabriel, Rob Holding, Cedric Suarez, Shkodran Mustafi. Sorry, just falling asleep. Uh, Callum Chambers, Pablo Marie, David Luiz... Sad Kalasanac, and that's the end. How do we have so many midfielders? How on earth did we ever let it... <laughs> midfielders? Centre-backs? How on earth did we ever let it get like this? Okay, so we can rule out talking about Socrates. We can rule out talking about Mustafi and Louise. Because they're going. And probably even Kalasanac, because they're, 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 they're off, surely. They're off. Yep. So... We're left with Bellerin, Tierney, Saliba, Gabriel, Holding, Cedric, Chambers, and Mari. On the flanks, and this may be a rogue opinion, I think we're okay. At right back, Bellerin and Suarez is fine. Left back, Tierney and Maitland, fine. So do I. I think that's not the first thing I'd look at. And then if you look at the centre-backs that we're going to have left, it's what Holding, Chambers, Marie, Saliba... Gabriel, is that it? Saliba, Gabriel, Holding, Chambers, Mari. Yeah. Uh, I think one of Holding or Chambers has to go. Yeah. I, I think, think I think Holding will go. Yeah, and I think that would be a fine, fine move. And then I think we bring in another centre-back. Because there is already rumblings that we're looking to target a right-sided centre-back and that doesn't surprise yeah. me. Yeah, Because at been... the moment, it's not looking like Saliba's going to be ready for a while. So if we can get some players out in January, maybe get one in then, that would make sense. But not what we've got, Louise. It's this big fucking colossal fuck-up of merry-go-rounds of having nine centre-backs, for <laughs> Christ's sake. What we've oh. heard um, of 
uh, of you know Ornstein, I feel is a bit more of a mouthpiece of the, for the club now, and it appears 100%. as though we're looking at a right-sided centre-back, an attacking midfielder. That those those feel like our our top options, and there's questions around Lacazette. So so that's I'm I'm, I'm happy with that. Or in terms of our priority, because I think those are our priorities. Mm-hmm. The yeah, I agree with you. Fullback, I think. Listen, I don't think Bellerin. I don't think Bellerin is the most gifted right back in the world, but I really like him and I think he's talented and I think he's, as in talented He'll enough. He'll do. He'll do. Um, and I think he works hard and I like him. I just don't think he's like, he's, he's hit, I think he's hit his ceiling for me. Um, I don't know if he's hit his ceiling, but I don't think he's far off of it. Okay. Yeah. Like, I think that there's, there's a little bit of room to grow, but I think this he's very close to being the player he is like that's it he's hit his ceiling but also for me personally but i also he's not my priority he's like seventh or eighth on the list yeah <laughs> like in terms of yeah. where where we should be looking at, uh, at positions um tierney is fantastic i'm really happy with him i hope we see him more in a left back role than a lcb role he plays played up future captain for me pl- yep same played lcb for um for Scotland last night. Yeah, I think once Aubameyang leaves and Xhaka leaves, he will, yeah. Um, potentially, he's got a shout of being maybe vice. I think Bellerin would be captain before him. Um, But yeah, the... So the centre-backs, and, and I agree, Cedric and... and um, uh, oh, who the fuck? Oh, and Ainsley are fine mm-hmm. as covers. They're fine. Um, I'd like to see a youth player come up and often youth players who are quite talented end up sort of deputising at fullback. So that could, that could be another option. Um, yeah, centre-back, there's some questions. Saliba, I think, can go out on a loan. I'd love to see him step up. I don't think I don't think he should next season. I don't think he should next season. I think he should in January. Um, just get some more minutes and come back raring to go. Um, obviously, he's just not had his transition yet. And I, and I believe what Arteta is saying. I think Arteta likes him. I just think he's, because he said himself, he's frustrated with it, but he... Doesn't think he's ready, and that's we've got to respect that. Gabriel's a baller. Gabriel's a fucking baller. I think he's ready, though. I just think he, Arteta doesn't want to risk him. Look at Fafana, for Christ's sake. Yeah. Obviously, that like, bless Saliba, he's had some issues with, you know, family, the loss of family members, and that's horrible, but... Sure, like, you're not mugging me off in telling me that Fafana has come and adapted instantly with a man. Because obviously I don't think Brendan Rogers is a poor manager. I don't think he's a brilliant manager. He's got great character. Arteta. Wonderful. He's wonderful got great technique. character and he does a wonderful, wonderful job. Uh, but, you know, Arteta should be able to bring Saliba in. Yeah. Before we send him out. It shouldn't be an option. Even even if he doesn't play a game this season, I would rather him train with the first team and stay here than go anywhere else. Anywhere else. Yeah, I, I, I'm similar. I, also, I, I just don't buy that he's not ready for a Europa League or an FA Cup game or a Carabao Cup game. I just don't buy it. I simply don't buy it. And I think he can come on in the last five minutes of a Premier League game when we're a bit more comfortable just stick him on and give him give him some time because I think sometimes with these things you there's so much expectation that and it, if it doesn't feel quite right if he hadn't come in if you know if he came into that first training session or whatever and absolutely rocked the ship I think he, maybe he'd be in there but if he was just okay people are going oh maybe he's not quite ready and you go no we we, we we're buying potential here that's what we bought. I think give him some time, give him some some minutes, and he'll be fine. I, I'm not too concerned about him. Yeah. Um. I just think it was a slightly mismanaged amount of expectation potentially, and a mismanaged um, situation. Yeah, yeah. You know, we shouldn't um, we shouldn't be in this situation with centre backs. We should no. like it makes no sense. We've held on to Socrates to not register him when apparently Bizarre. PSG came calling. You know, and while I understand that you need to. Obviously, they wanted him for free. We wanted something like three million quid and they said, we're not going to pay it. You And you have to create this idea that you're tough to deal with and tough to negotiate with so people won't come and mug you off for your players. 
you do that from a from a place of strength. We've had to leave out our most creative player, who's in the top three um, players for creating clear cut chances in the last ten years or something. It's Dimi Payet, Messi, and him. And we've had to leave out our promising centre back because we've held on to these players too long because we didn't let. Um, Mustafi go to fucking Napoli or wherever it was and we didn't let Socrates go to PSG both moves that will cost us more in the long run mm. um, in terms of our positions then assuming we want to play four at the back I think Gabriel is nailed on as an LCB I'm happy with Mari as his backup um, I think he's clearly injury prone but I actually think we're going to get a nice surprise when Mari comes back I think he's a, he's a solid player um, at right centre back I mean at the moment it looks like we've got sort of chambers are holding. I mean, I'm hoping Saliba can, can be the backup instead and maybe one of Ch- chambers are holding will go. But yeah, I, I agree. There's a, there's a, a gap that needs to be plugged there. Um, and if we can get a, a partner, an experienced partner for Gabrielle, just to take the weight off Saliba a little bit. Um, I think that's, yeah, we should be looking to sign maybe a 28, 29 year old. Yeah centre-back playing on that right side and then having the three main defenders being Gabriel Saliba and this 29-year-old or whatever and then the two backups being Mari Maybe Chambers and holding. Chambers, I think. Yeah. Because I think Chambers offers you more cover in other positions. Yeah. If you have a long-term injury to your right-back, Chambers can fill in there. If you have a long-term injury to your DM, he was Fulham's player of the year. Yeah, playing he, he can so play. There. He can fill a few holes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree, mate. And and yeah, I, I don't know. It's difficult to know what kind of profile we'd be looking at. I don't know to speculate. Um, but I imagine, I mean, it's bizarre. I mean, think how many centre-backs we've signed in the last couple of years. If we think if we think back through Socrates, Mustafi, Mari, Louise, the fact that we don't have a right centre-back out of those who we feel is plausible, yeah. considering Socrates can play there, David Luiz can play there, Mustafi can play there. It feels... It feels bizarre. It just it just feels it feels a bad... It just feels like bad feels like, management. Do you know what? It it feels like we've been we've been buying stopgaps, which we have. It feels like we've bought... Like, we've just been buying stopgaps to fill that position that Mustafi has left by being shite. And we're now left with all those stop gaps. We've not, we're like, we bought in David Luiz as a stop gap while still holding on to our Socrates, who is a stop gap. Hmm. And we never moved those players out. That's the big, big mistake hmm. is we should have gotten rid of Socrates hmm. before we even considered bringing Luiz in. Okay. Just to finish us up, then Bradders, goalkeepers. We have number one, Bernd Leno, Alex Runarsson, and Matt Macy. Matt Macy's leaving. Yep. Uh so we're left with Runarsson Runarsson? Runarsson? Runarsson. And Leno. I think I know your favourite boy is going to be mentioned in a minute, Mr. David. Um but Oh yeah. I think David Rea is a is an option, certainly, uh, to challenge Leno. Uh, he's at the right age profile. He's similar age profile to when we bought in Leno. I just think we need an option. I I, I think long-time listeners to this, to this podcast will know that I don't love Leno. No, no, neither do I. okay. Um, he's, he's just not that. And it's actually not that I expect this level. But he's, he's not... De Gea, right? He's not one of the best keepers in the world. But he's okay. And I keep the head. No, but even then, I think there's levels of keepers. I think I think there's levels of keepers. I think if you're talking about the elite, you're talking about maybe Edison, Allison, Jan Oblak, Thibaut Courtois occasionally. Potentially, yeah. But then I'd go a, a rung a, kind of like a rung on the ladder below that. You're talking Thibaut Courtois for definite, David De Gea, Kaylor Navas. Yeah. Those kind of guys, and then the rung below that is where Leno is. Agreed, and I think and we, if we need can just to step get someone up one yeah. more rung because I don't think we're in a position where we're going to get an Allison Edison. I don't think we are there, but I also think we can do better than Leno in goal. Yeah, um, and I wonder whether investing in a well, we we did have better than him in goal. 
we just let him go. Yeah. You know, and I think it's so it's so hard to admit that, but I no, think it, it is, is massively true. true. It is massively true, and all of all of said like, want to all of the it. fans that call people that reactionary, it's plain to see. Emmy had just as much shot stopping duty. Like he he made a couple of fantastic saves against us, like fingertip little dinks over to stop headers, and yeah, and he got a pre assist for the third goal. <laughs> and he's playing in a team that if you're looking man for man, Ollie Watkins versus Abamyang, if you get the option, you take Abamyang. Like the one of the one, there's probably three players that you take from the Villa squad if you're talking honestly about that Villa squad and that's Grealish, Martinez and Watkins. Hmm. Yeah, because the rest of the players are, it's like this whole passion merchant idea but they just they do their jobs and they fight for the shirt. They're never going to set the world on fire. Maybe McGinn. You know? But again, McGinn is okay, but he's not brilliant. Yeah, and we need Rolls-Royce. He's not Royces. the level that we should be targeting. Yeah, he's not a Rolls-Royce. Yeah, I just I just think Leno is fine. And again, he I, I put him in a similar category to Bellerin in that I don't I don't sit, sit up at night thinking Leno and Bellerin are the... Are the, are the the cause of all our problems, but I also think mm-hmm. they're somewhere on the list of, of kind of, of priorities. hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. That was good. That makes me feel, for some reason, that's made me feel a bit better. Yeah. It was good to like, just talk it out, wasn't it? Yeah. I think, I think laying it all out like that has kind of just allowed me to see. And I, and I do, and I do think actually that the, the club know this I, th- I felt before that we're not strengthening in the areas we need to be strengthening we're not moving on the players mm-hmm. that we need to we can't control form we can't control uh if, play, if a player wants to leave we there's lots of things we can't control but we can control plugging the gaps that need plugging mm-hmm. and I, th- I feel like before we've as you say signed petter check in a summer where we, we we could have pushed on we have signed lucas perez and mustafi when you know, ideally we needed, we needed something up front or, or whatever. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, I, I've, I've always felt before that we don't necessarily move. We place a bit too much faith in, in some of these players. And I feel like with the new regime, they are a bit more lethal. So I'm hoping that, that we're going to feel a bit yeah. more squad rotation. And I, I actually think we'll see a lot of change next summer. Next summer is um, going to be huge for us, which is why if we got Champions yeah. League football, it'd be massive. I don't think it's going to happen. It would be. But it would be massive. Okay, Brad, finish us off with a rating. Give us a new GCSE rating. What is it? One to nine? Nine being the best? One being the worst? I think nine's the best. Okay. And is this about a rating for the podcast or for the squad? Because the way uh, to wa- rate, the, 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 way rate, to rate me, the podcast is to go to www.com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting really good at that. Patreon.com <laughs> slash Diffnock. Um, uh, no, rate uh, rate uh, our season thus far, Brad. Uh, our season thus far, with nine being the best, one being the worst, I'd give it a five. Bang in the middle. We've had some good results. Uh, we've beaten some teams. like We've beaten United. First win there in 14 years. But then we've lost 3-0 to Villa. And we also lost to Leicester. So I'm not particularly pleased. I would give it a six. Fair enough. Just to be on brand with what I feel like our roles are on this podcast, Brad. Yeah. I'm the negative. You're the positive. <laughs> no, I don't think you're negative. I think... I think The yin and yang. <laughs> it's the perfect balance. Um, I... Yeah, a six. Because I think we've... We've played some difficult fixtures. Yeah. We've also been... I feel we've made progress. We just haven't. I think if, if for example, if our attack had clicked 5% more, I think we'd be feeling eights and sevens about this season. Because I think actually we've been defensively really solid. Party looks fantastic. Gabriel looks fantastic. There are two as new signings. That's where we feel like the club's going. They're big. They're strong. They're quick. They're athletic. Yep. We're... We we we're heading in the right direction. I'm just frustrated at the same old problems, but those same old problems haven't been are being exacerbated by Arteta. Mm-hmm. 
but haven't been made by him. And I mm-hmm. feel like he is fixing the team. Mm-hmm. He's, and it's a long job. And 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 I I um I know I sit here and lick his ass most weeks, but I do I think, think he's up to it. I think he's up to it. I think he's up to it. I, I just I also think wins like games like the Villa game, games like the the United game, wins all those wins and losses where you 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 work out your team, you work out your balance, you work out sometimes actually, Mikel, just put your best players out there. Yeah, and sometimes actually, yes, you you were right to 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 play on any as a counterpart, genius kind of kind of tactical move sort of thing. I feel positive, but I do think we there's some errors that I'm that I I was angry after the Villa game, but I think when when we've calmed down, when we've kind of taken a, a step back a bit, it, it all feels a bit more manageable. Let's say yes, lovely. What are you doing the rest of the evening, Brad? I'm going to have some dinner. My girlfriend has been amazingly lovely in uh, in the kitchen and has cooked the both oh. of us dinner. Whilst we record, and then I might watch a film. Any recommendations? My girlfriend made me dinner before, so Ooh, I win. Battle of the girlfriends. Um, any recommendations? I watched Tenacious D, The Pick of Destiny, the other day. Of course you fucking did. Uh, it wasn't my choice. Would I recommend it? <laughs> Maybe not. It, genu- in fairness, if you're up for like genuine, just it's so stupid. I'd watch it with like a glass of wine. And like half an eye on, I don't know, someone else. Do you know what I mean? It's one of those sort of broke, it's one of those sort of films you can put on in the background. Um, uh, well, have you seen Breaking Bad, Brad? No, I haven't. Bradley, sit down and start Breaking Bad tonight. Okay, we'll do. And report back on the next podcast. And I'm going to ask I you. Will. And if you haven't, I will do nothing. So, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> All right, thank you very much for listening, everyone. Right, uh, right. It's been a pleasure. All four of you, I'm sure, who are enjoying this part of the podcast are loving it. Legends. Are fucking legends. So thank you very much. Um, yes, pleasure again. Thanks so much, Brad. Yeah, that's fun. Thank you very much, mate. And we will see you on Thursday. Thank you so much for listening to the Different Knock podcast. If you did enjoy that and want to hear some more, please hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're using for a new podcast every Monday and Thursday. If you want to support the show and get access to exclusive content, check us out on Patreon and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at DiffKnock. Thanks. Ah, weddings, the celebration of everything that makes a couple perfect for each other. You know, laughing at the same terrible puns, smiley face brunch plates on weekends, still finding each other attractive after a three-hour hike. Well, you can find your perfect fit, too, at Indochino, even if you're not the one at the altar. They'll help you design the suit of your dreams, fully customized and perfectly tailored. Choose every detail from lapels to linings and more. It's a bespoke experience without the premium price tag. In fact, suits start at just $4.99. Uh-uh. My bad. Shh. Sorry. And made-to-measure shirts start at $89. Shop online and set up a measurement profile or book an appointment with an expert style guide at an Indochino showroom near you. Get matched with a suit that's perfect for you. Go to Indochino.com and use code PODCAST for 10% off any purchase of $3.99 or more. That's 10% off $3.99 or more at I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com. Code PODCAST. Sports Social Podcast Network.